It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. Are you ready for a little bit of New York at the Smith Center? How about a cast party? How about a cast party that features an impromptu open mic variety show where stars and up-and-comers deliver music and razzle-dazzle? Well, the only man to make this happen is my guest, legendary showman Jim Caruso, who's bringing Jim Caruso's cast party with Billy Stritch on piano to Myron's at the Smith Center this Friday, November 18th at 7 p.m. For ticket information, go to the Smith Center. Dot com And for everything about Jim Caruso and Jim Caruso's cast party, go to jim-caruso.com and castpartynyc.com. And you can follow him on Facebook. And Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I, who wouldn't go see that? Show? Exactly. Now, I just want to confirm the rumors. Are you, in fact, the great-grandson of Enrico Caruso? That's what I want to know. Let's go with that. Yeah, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always heard that rumor in my family, but I've never seen any proof whatsoever. So, you know, who am I to argue with the great Caruso? Exactly. And there are so many of them out there. So that's good. That's right. Before we get into the cast party and your idea for it, give us a little bit about your background in show business, because there was nightclub work. You've done studio recording. You were a member of the Wise Guys, which we'll explain is not being Vegas is not what you think it is, but I'll let you talk. Well, I'll just sit back and listen. Wow. Um, I grew up wanting to be in show business. I asked my mother for an agent at age six, and she was terrified. Both my parents were musicians. And so I grew up in a family filled with music, listening to everything from jazz to marching band to, you know, the pop hits of the day. And, you know, of the day, that means Gregorian chant. Because <laughs> um, I'm 100,000 years old. You look good. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, it's lighting. And, and that and, um, your, and, and also your Enrico Caruso genes. So th those two things really help you look great. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> we'll just keep pushing that okay. until it's true. Um, I started doing theater as a kid. And I moved from Pittsburgh to Dallas, Texas. And saw, I started to see these acts, these one and two person shows that everybody was calling cabaret. And I didn't know anything about that, but I knew that it was a way for me to kind of get out of the ensemble of the musical theater shows that I was doing. Um, not that I didn't like that, but I thought, hey, I can be my own little star in my own little world. And I started doing that. and. That really started to take off. I was able to sing and be funny, hopefully, and sing and dance and really kind of recreate the variety shows that I watched as a kid and absolutely loved the Carol Burnett show. You know, all of the, the, the Christmas specials that we watched where people would sing and dance and be very <laughs> cheerful. Eddie Williams um, would be one, I think. The Andy Williams was is my hero for many reasons. Uh, I actually got to portray one of the Williams brothers on tour and on Broadway with Liza Minnelli 
in a show that won the Tony called Liza at the Palace. And we did it in Vegas many times before we came to Broadway. I have a great love for Vegas for that, that and many other reasons. But I started singing in clubs. You know, I thought I was going to be the next Donny Osmond. That really didn't happen. And not yet. (laughs) <laughs> and uh i i decided to throw a party one night in a nightclub where i'd been working and billy stritch was at the piano all my friends came all the performers here in new york city i had moved to new york by this point did you know billy at that time before you actually went on stage? i've known billy for 40 years we were friends best friends when i lived in dallas and he lived in houston so We threw this party. Everybody came and sang around the piano and ate and drank. The next day, the club called and said, would you do that again? And I said, no, what? (laughs) Why would I do that? And they said, because Monday is Broadway's dark night, of course. And if we did something every Monday where the show people had a place to go, maybe it could be something. Well, I did it. We put a name to it, Cast Party. And we moved around a bit for the first year, but 19 years later, we're still at Birdland, thankfully, here in New York City, one of the greatest music rooms in the world. We travel the world celebrating talent, Las Vegas at Myron's, at the beautiful Smith Center, LA, Chicago, London, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, you name it. We've celebrated talent there. And that's really what got me here and got me to Myron's and uh, got me to you, Ira. Yes. And I'm glad you did. How did you know to, or how did you decide to take it on the road? Clearly, there's talent all over the world. I know people seem to think that talent is only in either New York or Los Angeles, but really it's everywhere. And obviously, Las Vegas, but everywhere there's talent. So, Was that the impetus for taking it on the road to just give a chance for others to participate in the cast party? Well, I mean, eventually, yes. When we first took it, I forget what the first city was. I feel like we did it in Los Angeles first. And of course, I know tons of people there, great performers. Every TV star out there sings and has Broadway background. And so we called all of our friends. So I knew that would be successful. But what we've learned over the years is, of course, L.A., Las Vegas, San Francisco has great, a great talent pool. But holy Toledo, no matter where we go. So Toledo as well, then. Including Toledo, Columbus, Austin, of course, uh, Miami. There is incredible talent just waiting to be heard. Not everybody wants to live in New York City, and people have beautiful lives all over the planet and just choose to live there and maybe sing on the side. Maybe they're performing in local theater productions. Maybe they sing in clubs. But there is thrilling talent everywhere we go. As long as you've been in New York, it seems that you've not lost that enthusiasm for talent. And the reason I say it that way is it's easy when you live particularly in New York and particularly in and around Broadway, you can get a narrow view of life and talent, etc. And you talked about how talent is everywhere, but you've retained that 
I don't know what the word would be. Well, I mentioned it early enthusiasm, but also you don't appear to be cynical at all in terms of your approach to show. And how did you develop that? Is it just an innate part of you? It's interesting. I think I went through a more cynical time in my 30s uh, when everybody is cynical. But, you know, life throws things at you along with, you know, me and everybody on the planet where you're tested. And I think it sounds kind of goody two shoes to say that I found my reason. My reason to be here is to celebrate. Of course, you know, I want to sing a song too, and I want to be funny and I want the audience to enjoy what I do. But it's my greatest thrill to say, ladies and gentlemen, Clint Holmes, Donny Osmond, the, the people that I, that I absolutely idolize, and I am still the same fan that I was when I was watching those variety shows as a kid. And I, I feel so lucky. This does sound corny. No, but I, feel I, think it's, I think it's real. Lucky. It is real. It is real. I, I don't think I could fake it um, for 19 years. I really want to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very happy job. And we're coming at people on a very exciting night for them, some of them, that don't sing on a daily basis. And, and it's a positive experience for them because there's no booing, there's no snarky host, like on some of the, you know, the TV talent extravaganzas. This is purely happy, supportive. The audience cheers for Liza, and they cheer for the lady who wrote the original song about her feet, and they cheer for uh, an up-and-coming Broadway chorus kid. And that's what I'm proudest of, I think, that it's a very democratic show. Everybody's invited and everybody is celebrated equally. It's a democratic and welcoming show. Absolutely. I mean, at Birdland, just this past Monday, this guy came in off the street. I didn't know him. He, I mean, a lot of people come in. We had 25 singers on Monday. It was a lot. But I, he was very shy. He was young. And he said, I'm kind of a singer and I'd really like to sing. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and I said, do you have any music? Because, you know, you have to give the band something to play. He's like, no, but I could sing a, like a Sinatra standard. And I said, okay, what do you want to sing? He came up on the stage and sang a Sinatra tune and blew the walls out of Birdland got a standing ovation. He stood on stage with tears in his eyes. It, I mean, this happens almost every week that somebody comes in that we don't know that absolutely kills us. And that's really part of the fun, the impromptu-ness. Is that a word? Impromptu um, nature of it, sure. Yeah, it's just a blast. How does the process work in that you clearly can't let everybody on stage one night? There has to be some vetting process. Can you take us through that, how it works? Or is there a vetting process? Maybe I, maybe I misspeak, but my understanding of it is that there's a, if you go to the website, you see that there's a way to take you through the steps if you're new at this. Yeah. In New York, there's really no vetting process because we're there for three hours. We fill three hours. 
And we usually have 20 to 25 performers coming through the door who can't wait to say, and most of them get on. And if they don't, it's only because we've, you know, it's 1230 people. We got to, the trains have stopped running. We got to get out. We got to go to bed. Uh, but when we're on the road, as in when we, when we take cast party to the Smith Center or any of these other beautiful venues, I do like to get there with a bit of a list. So friends email me, they text me, they call me, they Instagram me, they tweet me and say, you know, we want to come. Is, is there a slot? And um, so I, I show up with the beginnings of a list and what I would call some ringers. And, but, you know, really, unless we're filled, if the list is filled, everybody's open. Everybody's a, a possibility. So if it's the waiter, if it's somebody that just comes in off the street, we want to hear them. I noticed you said people will email you, text you, friends will email you, text you. They won't bribe you though, right? Because you're unbribable. You, it has to it has to be someone you're comfortable well, with, right? Or what are we not. talking about here? How well, big above, of a bribe? Above 10 bucks. <laughs> 15 is my limit. I got uh, this you. is not a cheap show, people. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll give you 20 if I can just get up there for 30 seconds. I'm fine. You got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> Isn't it surprising that this concept that you came up with, and it's been as, since 2002 at Birdland at least, that it's not been replicated that I know of. It's not been duplicated or copied. Yes, there's the shows that are on the networks, but those are snarky and that's a whole other world. Yours is, I would say, much more authentic in what you're doing. It's almost the old Judy Garland, uh, Mickey Rooney thing of let's put up a barn and put a show on. Except now it's a Smith Center, which is a hell of a barn. So it's working it's out really barn, well. Yeah. Right? And Myron's within that barn is also very good. So yeah, it works out very well. But no one's duplicated your success that I know of. And I, I think part of it is what you bring to the table Besides drinks, of course, because you can be a waiter yeah. as well. But you, yeah. you are not. You are a fan, but I will hyphenate that. You are a fan, but also the ringmaster. Well, that's a great way to put it, and I appreciate that. I, I, I think this. Thank you for that. But I think the success of Cast Party on the road and here lies in the beautiful venues and the really high-end venues that we get to play. And the musicianship behind these people, they get to sing with Billy Stritch, who was Liza's musical director for almost 30 years, was Tony Bennett's musical director for a couple of years. He works with everybody good, Linda Eder and Marilyn May, and you name the club and Broadway singer, and he's played for them. Nobody's a better accompanist. He's an incredible entertainer in his own right as a singer. And pianist. Yes, he's appeared but, at the Smith Center by himself. Yes, he's done it many times right. alone and with great people like Clint Holmes, Jane Monheit. Uh, we did our our uh, our Hollywoodland show there with Jane. Many, many great people. So the quality of what's happening from the venue to the musicianship to the sound and lights in these great places we go is pretty extraordinary. Uh, we're not at just in some, you know, crummy little bar downtown somewhere. Nothing against those kind of clubs either. But we are really giving a great 
experience to the audience and for the performer. Have you thought about, and it's always tricky, but have you thought about expanding your universe in this sense? Not streaming live necessarily, but at least recording each time you do the cast party and then having it available on your website afterwards. Uh, yes. Uh, we are live streaming more and more at Birdland. Which but is- I, I mean the ones on the road. I understand Birdland because oh, that's listen, an ongoing I, I would in a second. To live stream means a lot of equipment. And if the venue is set up for that, fantastic. It's an expense that, you know, sometimes we want to take. Sometimes we're not sure who's going to be there. But yes, my dream in life is to bring this to television. I mean, it's screaming to be done. And except for the little detail of music rights, which is always the the biggest problem in the end. I think you meant big detail of music rights <laughs> as opposed to little detail. Huge, <laughs> huge detail. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but to do something like this uh, for one of the cable networks would just be my my dream come true. I could see it also separate from Birdland, just the ones you do on the road where maybe you can't stream it, but you can record it and then post it on YouTube where then a lot of networks see it and go, you know, that would make a good TV show. Yeah. And we'll get some young guy to host it. Yeah. So <laughs> for my suggestion, I only want 5%. It's fine. So getting no, back to Enrico Caruso. I love that idea. <laughs> Thank you. I love that idea. <laughs> getting back to Enrico Caruso. So do you think he would, he would enjoy coming on the cast party if you were around today? I certainly hope so. One of the cool things about Cast Party is, even though we're at Birdland on every Monday, which is essentially you know one of the greatest jazz clubs in the world, we certainly get jazz singers, we get theater singers, we get yodelers, we get magicians, we get uh, theremin players. Yeah, I love it. There's a fate worse than death. Um, <laughs> ventriloquists, you name it. We celebrate it. Opera singers. There you go. Yeah. So I think he would fit right in. Exactly. My great uncle Enrico. (laughs) You mentioned theremin players, which of course is the music behind the British detective series, Midsummer Murder Mysteries. Yes. They, They play that instrument, which is a fascinating, haunting instrument, but I could see how it might be an issue for Birdland <laughs> and the cast Listen, party. <laughs> we'll cheer it. We'll cheer it. I promise of you. <laughs> of all the years you've been doing it, what's the most unusual act that appeared? And part two, the most surprising act that appeared from your perspective as the creator and the ringmaster and the fan. Yeah. Uh, well, as a fan, I can say right off when we played Vegas and Donny Osmond showed up. I mean, come on. Here in New York, some of the biggest Broadway stars, Liza, of course, Cheetah, Carol Channing, you know, uh, Betty Comden made her last onstage appearance with us before she passed away. I mean, the history of that is thrilling. Now, by the way, I don't mean to make it sound like everybody's middle-aged plus. Uh, We get some incredible kids. Certainly recently, it's We've started to uh, get a lot of really talented kids and teenagers and up and comers, which is great. Well, you I want, want that. Show, yeah, you want to broaden I don't the want de- this show to look like me. You know, you look great, but you want to broaden no, the demographic, but, of course. Yes, of course. And I mean, in Vegas, we'll have 
Reva Rice and Eric Jordan Young and uh, Brent Barrett and Susan Anton and Frankie Marino, that genius, and Jonathan Courant and uh, Jada Valenti and Chadwick Johnson. So, so those are the people that just thrill me with their talent. Strangeness-wise, we had a marionettist. <laughs> Again, is that a word? I think who, so. <laughs> I'll let it who, go. <laughs> uh, as a stripper puppet who strips <laughs> with her own pole. That's that's good. We've had uh, hula dancers. We've had um, well, hula dancers. I could see as legit. I mean, the stripper pole thing. It, it's still entertainment. I mean, so hula's yeah. fantastic. It's unusual. Yes, it's really been. Bagpipes. Um, we have this kid that comes in that plays the accordion, which you think you don't really want to hear. He is he's an incredible artist. He's the, a genius of the accordion. Who knew? Um, <laughs> those are those are the real surprising things. The, oh, a guy that comes in, Jonathan Aaron's has been coming in, and he's a great trombone player and a dancer. And at one point, he gets on his back and plays the trombone with his feet. <laughs> He's got to be a short guy, I would think. It's it's a very strange act. <laughs> so you get to see all this at Myron's at the Smith Center this Friday, November 18th at 7 p.m. I was just thinking when you mentioned the accordion, have you ever had someone come in and play polka music? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, musically, it's mostly the Great American Songbook uh, because that's kind of what I – personally love and what Billy specializes in. I'm pointing to Billy as if he were here. <laughs> Billy Stritch <laughs> well, you, really specializes You guys have in. played on the stage so many times that he is there, metaphorically. He, yeah. Listen, we've worked so trust me, he is. <laughs> and then we work at the Carlisle Hotel together every Sunday. So we are kind of joined at the musical hip. <laughs> um, but it, I don't know. What can I say? Here's a, a dead pause. But I I am so lucky to be able to do what we get to do week after week and in these beautiful venues. Myron, please, Myron Martin and Billy went to school together. That I didn't know. So now I've learned something. So Billy saw plans for the Smith Center when it was just on paper. Amazing. Yes. we've We've been part of that story since the beginning. And we hosted a cast party for all of the investors of the Smith Center right after it opened on the big stage. I mean, Myron's been incredible, an incredible A true force of, oh, for oh. talent and entertainment in the city here. You mentioned about the various types of musicians and singers that have appeared on the cast party stage, both at Birdland and coming up at the Smith Center. Do you ever have a what I would call a non-musical act, such as a comedian that would come up for a couple of minutes, or is it limited to just Musicians and singers. We absolutely have comedians. I don't push it here in New York because what I don't want is three hours of stand-up because it's it's not really what we're set up to do. But we do have, you know, Mario Cantone and Oh Geechee Guy in Las Vegas has certainly joined us a bunch. We love him. And who else? Uh, oh, uh, Lisa Lampanelli. And so, yes, every once in a while, a, a comic will will come in. I'm absolutely happy because it gives everybody's ears a break yes, from that makes all sense. the singing. Right. And it, it, 
it's a it's a great palate cleanser and and I love it. Do you stand there with a stopwatch and <laughs> let people know when it's time to get off the stage? Because not because they're not not because they're bad; they're actually excellent. But you have a lot of other performers that want to get up there. Yeah. Um, no, and it's <laughs> it, believe me, it's crossed my mind a few times. Or, or like the hook. The hook. You know, yeah. like, oh, oh. Exactly. Uh, no, I would never do that, but I do think about it. And, um, <laughs> you know, people are pretty respectful of what we're doing. They see how it works. People come to the stage. We have a little chat. Where are you from? What do you do? Tell us something to make the audience care about you so that we get to know them a little bit. But then we launch right into the song and we don't need long stories about why you do the song. That's for your cabaret act. That's not for this. <laughs> so I have I've thought about the stopwatch, but that just seems so clinical. I'm not going to do that. Do they do more? Do some people do more than one song, or is it one song? No. They understand. They understand the culture, which is one song and get off and let the next person come on. Yes, exactly. It's one tune. In, ba- in the past, when we were first starting, and sometimes we'd have. 20 performers, sometimes we'd have 10. If we have less performers and there's more time and there's a little more air in the room, I used to say, they'd do two tunes. And, you know, if somebody's good, you want to hear more. Uh, but for the most part, we just give them these little tastes. It's like, a, it's like a wine tasting, except you don't spit it out. That's gross. You know, you have a little tune from somebody. And if you love them, you can follow them on. Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And people have used Cast Party to really grow their audience here in New York, certainly, uh, because they're performing every week for 160 brand new people. It's Jim Caruso's taste menu. Or Jim <laughs> exactly. Caruso's tasting menu, I should say. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's an interesting concept. And the fact that you have been doing it so long. And again, I have to go back and we'll finish with this because it, it's still. It's a good point to make, which is you've been able to do this and retain your sense of wonder, retain your fan perspective, retain your ringmaster perspective. You need that, too, to keep everything moving. But you've not become jaded or cynical in that kind of world that can become that. Listen, I have always loved great talent. I love introducing great talent to other great talent. Hey, great singer, meet this great piano player. Oh my gosh, look what they did. You know, we have a tap dancer, Luke Hawkins, who comes in almost every week, a young guy, 30 maybe. He's one of the best tap dancers I've ever seen in my life. Extraordinary. And he's hooked up with a musical partner now who's a jazz player, and they've created amazing pieces every week. They get together during the week. I like, I, you know, I feel like I'm a Yenta, uh, <laughs> you know, introducing people. I'm a Yenta Tainer. <laughs> great combination. <laughs> That's a great way to leave it. My guest was supposed to be Enrico Caruso, but instead, I'm much more pleased with my guest, Jim Caruso. He's bringing Jim Caruso's cast party with Billy Stritch on piano, of course, to Myron's at the Smith Center this Friday, November 18th at 7 p.m. And for ticket information, go to thesmithcenter.com. And for everything about Jim Caruso and Jim Caruso's 
Cast Party. Go to jim-caruso.com and castpartynyc.com, and you can follow him on Facebook. Jim, thanks for being on the show. Ira, you're the best. Thank you for doing this. We'll see you all on the 18th. See you then. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.